Welcome to the Have a Drink with Some Geeks podcast. Here is your geeky hosts, Adam and Matt. Hi folks, and welcome to Have a Drink with Some Geeks podcast. My name is Matt. I'm Adam. Alright folks, we talked about it last week, we're going to talk about it this week again. We're going to talk about the Snyder Cut of Justice League. So, before we get started, Adam, let's uh, make sure our listeners follow us on all of our social media. Where can they find us? Uh, Pretty much uh, Facebook, Twitter... Instagram? Do we have an Instagram? We do have an Instagram. We do have an Instagram. Um, TikTok. We got we, we got TikTok going. We're gonna we'll just type us in at Geek uh, Geek Drink Pod. Yeah, and you can find us there. Um, like, subscribe, comment. Yeah, if you guys want to hear us make a specific episode on a certain topic, a certain episode of a series, a series in general, something we don't even necessarily drawn to let us know because we, yeah. we want to find new things we like yeah there there's plenty of stuff that isn't on our radar and we always love uh good suggestions yeah so with that being said folks we're gonna go ahead and introduce our topic of the week what are we going to talk about this week all right topic of the week guys is part two part two of Zack Snyder <laughs> Justice League Justice League and you know and guys we know we could have done one long episode but we don't want to bore you we want yeah. to kind of Give you guys a break from hearing our voices for a week. and <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, we, we talked a little bit last week, Adam, about some of the characterizations. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, we talked about some of the side, I wouldn't call them side characters, but they are side characters in terms of the league. Yes. Um, but we're, we're going to talk about the big three and the two baddies. So yep. I think first on the list is Superman. Yeah, let's get started. So, again, I want to reiterate, um, Matt is a, a very big Superman fan. Um, I have him on my body. Yeah, he he does. He does. Don't don't ask him to I'm tell actually, you where. <laughs> I'm actually looking at my bookshelf, folks, and I know it's up here somewhere. I actually have there it is, Left of Superman. Yeah, and so it 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 is poetic for this episode because Superman did die in the last movie, and then he comes back to life, and it's not quite the way the comics drew it out, which is fine. Yeah, because if you did the death and life of Superman, it would have been a three part movie. Yeah, probably. Um, the way to come fine. Oh yeah, I I'd be okay with it, but yeah. But uh, folks, you know, let's talk about Superman. I think you know we've seen him now, and this is his third movie in in this universe. Mm-hmm. Um, Henry Cavill. Yeah, I I'm, I'm a big Cavill fan. Um, I think he's yeah. A fantastic, I've seen your TikToks. You sent me Henry know, Cavill. I know. I have a bit of crush on him. Yeah, and then <laughs> and there's and there's that that dick pic you sent me of Henry Cavill. <laughs> but um. No, but it's like I've I've really liked him in just about everything he's been in. Yeah. Um I really enjoy him in The Witcher. Um I I actually liked Man of Steel, like and I I'd, I'd love to hear your thoughts or I'd love to hear your thoughts on the movie. My only gripe with the film came at the very end of the movie cuz it just got so loud and like it was just sensory overload for me. But I really did like the more human. Yeah idea of the character you know and i think one thing man of steel did very well to introduce superman for this this universe was thematically the music the score yes um that you know you have and i no shade to the original superman movies with christopher reeve um the 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 score was very appropriate for the 70s um they even have a little tidbits here and there in this movie yeah um but the kind of loneliness i want to call it the solemn piano score whenever he's on screen 
it fits him so well because he is the last on the Krypton. He is, yeah. He's as much as he's going to be in love with Lois Lane, he's going to have his friends, he's got his Justice League buddies, um, he's always going to be alone. Yeah. Uh, I think it definitely goes to show. It's like he he is literally an alien <laughs> on our planet, and he's hiding, but it's it definitely... Um, I, I liked the more human and the, the soundtrack. Um, was that... Uh, for for Donna Hans Justice, Zimmer, Hans Zimmer, Hans was Zimmer one, yeah. did Man of Steel, and then Donna Justice was kind of a co-op with, with Junkie XL, and, yeah. and but I think he's going by his real name now. Yeah, I mean whatever, but um, but no, I really enjoyed the Man of Steel. Um, I I will still just play that just when I'm wanting to listen to something. Um, but yeah, uh, I mean. It's a, a much darker, more realistic portrayal of Superman. Um, even in like, even in the Zack Snyder cut, I mean, he was definitely a lot more badass than just coming in at the very end. And yeah, you know, in in both movies they did that, where he kind of comes in the last second, helps helps turn the tide of the battle. I think this one, the Snyder cut, did better because he comes in takes that axe to the shoulder that doesn't do anything and then freezes it and breaks it. This Versus, is the first time he's used the freeze breath, yeah, too. Yeah, which is awesome. But it beats what they did in the Josh Whedon version where him and Flash have a competition to see who can rescue most people fastest. Yeah, I mean, that was a funny joke. Like, he, oh, just, was, he looks over and you just see a whole building. Yeah, it was fun, <laughs> and, and I'm glad they, they had that in the Whedon cut because at the time it was hilarious, but... You know, I think having that whole Russian family story plot on the side it didn't detracted yeah. from the mission. Yeah, you know, and when people have already left, yeah, because like, once Steppenwolf is starting to like terraform that area or whatever, yeah. it's like, oh, we might want to get yeah. the hell out of here. Yeah, we're, but, gonna, um, we're gonna get like a tree and leave. Yeah, <laughs> but um, you know, uh, the one thing I will say. When he first awakens and he's like going after the Justice League, I thought that he almost should have. It's like he came out like full strength. And, and, like, and that, that's true. He had to relearn that's something. That's a problem because in the comics, I, I in, in the movie doesn't tell us how long it's been, and, and my assumption it's been weeks. Yeah, because maybe guess, maybe a month on the outside. How Lois, long has he been down? Yeah, Lois is forgetting that. She yeah, <laughs> but in the comics, he was dead for almost six months a year, um, and they brought him back, and it wasn't actually he that you know. It's spoiler alert. In the comics, he never te- he he died in our sense, but he didn't die in Kryptonian sense because he had so much stored energy. It was like a very deep hibernation. Mm-hmm. And so when they brought him back, he his cells were drained, and he had to spend. He was brought back months earlier, but he hid out in his Arctic hideout mm-hmm. because he basically just had to sit in a solar collector for months just to regain yeah. any semblance of strength. And it took him almost a couple of year a year or so to get back to his full strength. He had to use gadgets to help him out in some some cases. Yeah, I, I just was like, oh, this is kind of like he's flying, he's shooting lasers, he's super strong, he's going super speed. I I will say though. Henry Cavill's face in that scene and the way he portrays the, the anger and the emotion of, you know, I'm a conf- he's a confused man. He was dead. Yeah. And now all of a sudden it's these guys in capes and costumes and masks are trying to kick his ass, trying to yeah. threaten him even though they're not. His face says it all, especially in that scene where the Flash is like, I'm going to super speed by him. 
and he's holding all three Justice League members by their neck, and he just side-eyes him. <laughs> he starts to see, he's like, wait, I can go fast as you can. Yeah. That was, I think, really fun. That that was uh, that was a good bit. Um, but then I, the other thing that bothered me at the end of that scene, when Lois runs in, it's like, Blarge! Blarge! We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about that next in the hot takes because that kind of that I have a I have a little little beef on that one. Um, I will say though, I think Henry Cavill. I I, I hope he continues as as Clark Kent and Superman going further. He he. I think it was perfect casting, and again, I think Henry Cavill has just been like on fire with all his roles, and so I'm like, hey, just keep on, keep on trucking. I could, yeah. I could definitely watch a few more Supermans with him. Yeah. Um. So I guess the next, the next big character is uh, Batman. 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 And you know, I think, I, 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 I like. The changes they made in in the Snyder cut with Batman, that he realizes his his mistake from the last movie, mm-hmm. and he realizes the threat that's coming and the void that's been left by Superman, and he is he is doing what he needs to do to save the planet to yes. to get this team together. And I almost liken it to kind of Tony Stark in Age of Ultron. Yeah, where he kind of he got that vision of. Yeah, what was kind of coming, and he becomes very obsessive and yeah. and trying to um, put the pieces back together. And yes, um, I really liked uh, I like Ben Affleck as as the Batman. He's this older, more war world weary Batman that you haven't really gotten to see. Um, yeah, you know, and and that's something I wish. We would get more. I wish they'd make more. The, the, the whole plan for this Justice League series was there's going to be a trilogy. And the next movie is going to be kind of very Avengers, Infinity War-esque, where the, yeah. the team loses. Mm-hmm. Um, and the one thing they talked about they were going to have in the second uh, Justice League movie was the entire flashback sequence to when Joker kills Robin. And a fight scene and all that stuff. Yeah. And Jason I, Todd. Yeah. And I really wish they, they would go forward to that because it gives so much more story to... Ben Affleck's version of Batman because he is an older, wearier Batman than we've seen before. He's yeah. not Christian Bale. I'm new at Batman and and, yeah. and the physical side of it, and it's not the Michael Keaton, George Clooney, Bat nipples over the top, Tim Burton style of Batman. Yeah, that that is true, and I think uh, I like again. It's like he's more. He's darker. He's grittier. He's he's seen some shit. He's seen a lot, and so I kind of enjoy that. And I also enjoy he's doing like detective stuff. He's yeah. He's actually being like so a detective. We're going to talk about Batman. Let's tie into to, to our Avatar episode. Okay. J.K. Simmons is back. He's Commissioner Gordon. He was a good Commissioner Gordon. Yeah, it wasn't bad. I mean, they didn't give him a ton to do. But... <clears throat> no, but I really like. We talked about it a little bit last time. The comedic elements. I really like when they all show up on the rooftop at the bat signal. Oh, yeah. He's like, how many of you are there? <laughs> and then he turns around and he's just like, well, we got a long night ahead of us. And, and everyone's, everyone's gone, gone with, with the flash. Yeah. <laughs> so I do. I did appreciate some of the levity um, in it. Um, one of the things I will say, like, the thing I really did like uh, is how... Like, Batman was, like, in the Joss Whedon one, he kind of was, like, 
barely holding on and he he wasn't a good leader no he was kind of he was he he was definitely on his last piece of of grasp of reality i think yeah but in the Zack snyder cut he he had a lot more confidence which you would expect of a batman um a lot more confidence and felt a lot more like a leader of the team um which i really enjoyed um there was uh but like you could also tell like yeah he was scared at times like with armoring out his batmobile with oh god tank tread all that and just it was like oh he's this is what he has to do in order to um to fight um and then another thing i liked is uh like in the versus like joss whedon cut versus Zack snyder cut was um how he was in the battle um in the Zack Snyder cut, I mean, they got rid of that stupid thing where everyone is like getting beat up and everyone's at their lowest point. And his lowest point is his little gun that he got from the parademon yeah. right out of ammo. And he's like, oh, and I'm like, that that was so stupid to me. But they got rid of that for the Zack Snyder cut. No, and I like what they kept in the Zack Snyder cut um, is during the the biggest part of the battle, Batman's not swinging in there trying to take on Steppenwolf. No. He is very much kind of the logistics, I'm on the fray, I'll yeah. provide cover support for those I know I can take out. Yes. And because, and we've seen, it's happened in the comics, it's it, the only way for Batman to ever take on Darkseid is he has to be armored up. Yeah. Otherwise, he's usually kind of on the side helping yeah. hack or helping logistically. So I'm glad they kind of kept him in that role of, He's the only person here without really superpowers. He's he's just rich. Yeah. And and he kind of is on the outside of it. Yeah. He's he's on those sidelines a bit, but he's he's still doing his thing. But yeah. um and oh my gosh, like the violence of Batman is oh, is yeah. definitely Ben Affleck. Like he kills people. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't mess around. No, and that's kind of interesting you see in the DC universe because DC Universe versus Marvel. Marvel's not afraid to kill people. Marvel, yeah. They kill everybody. DC's always been kind of heroes don't kill. Yeah. So it's kind of nice to, to have that little step on the line. We, but like we said, Batman's definitely a darker Batman at this point. Yes. And I think he probably would be compromising some of his reservations against uh, murder. Yeah. But so I think uh, I, I liked, I just kind of. They made all the characters much more badass in. I in agree, this, and and the Snyder cut, and and even just a a more badass character in this universe versus the Batman Begins Christian Bale universe. Yeah, Alfred. Yes, yes. Jeremy Irons as Alfred was, I think, the best casting choice. Yeah, because it's like one Jeremy Irons is like still pretty physically capable. Yeah, um, I I would I mean. Seeing Jeremy Irons tinker around in the, in the Batcave, yeah, and I like versus Alfred versus Michael Caine. I, I Michael Caine did not pick up a wrench. No, but I, I mean, I definitely thought like Michael Caine brought a lot of like kind of older wisdom. Oh yeah, like, that, 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 the, he the, was the the voice of reason for him. Yeah, that that was him. But like, I definitely liked uh, how Jeremy Irons portrays Alfred. It's it fits. Yeah, and. Uh, I really, really enjoyed that. All right, so let's bring up our third character, the last of the big three. Yes. Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman, Gal Gadot. I, I'm going to say this right now. Wonder Woman's theme song 
Chef's Kiss. Yeah, it's pretty good. It, it, every time it comes on, I'm just like, yes. And yeah. it's just, it's catchy. It's upbeat. And it's like, all right, this woman's here to kick some ass. Yeah. And she can spank me and kick, call me daddy too. Okay, then there you go. But I will say um, Snyder Cut versus uh, Whedon Cut. Um, Whedon, did, Whedon did her dirty. Yeah, I don't, like he gave her like so little to kind of do. Well, and I think the part of it, and some of the allegations that she's come out with, and I, 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 I'm on her side of this. I don't think she'd make this up. She's got enough of a star profile that it's, it's. Mm-hmm. She's not doing it to get fame. Yeah, it's that you know from what from what I've heard and read is that she complained about some of the sexualization that Whedon gave her. Yeah, you know the whole flash falls on top of her boobs and it's like oh ha ha. And, yeah, and we and she kept telling Whedon this is not what I think we need to do with the character. This is not the right way to go. And Whedon told her to shut up. I'll make you look stupid in this movie if you don't. Yeah, and just kind of gave her a whole lot of nothing to do. Um, yeah. She had, I liked her more explanation of backstory um, in the Snyder Cut in terms of what she's been doing this entire time. Like Yeah, since we've seen her last. Yeah, and it's like technically the last we saw her was in... Wonder, Wonder Woman 1984. Yeah. That doesn't count. That one. That was a, that was a huge misstep. I thought that movie... Uh, was uh, not very good. <laughs> no, I think the CG was a little poor in that movie. Oh, the very poor. The story was very... And, 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 and they had such a great cast. Pedro Pascal, Kristen Wiig. It yeah. was Chris Pine. Yeah, you could have done a lot with it, but I think uh, they kind of... DC is like, yeah, we need to make this like brighter, more vibrant. And it's like the first Wonder Woman took place in like during World War One. Yep. And so everything was really dark and yeah. bleak. And, um, but yeah, it's like, you're kind of like, oh, what did, what did, what is she doing between World War I and 1984 and 1984? And, um, Just I guess it would be. Not Justice, yeah. Yeah, or would it be, um, would it have been, uh, it would have been, uh, Batman v Superman would be. Yeah, Not Justice, yeah. yeah. And then, uh, and then, uh, now. Snyder Cut. The Snyder Cut. But I. Yeah. You know, I think I think Gal Gadot. We haven't had really a, a on screen Wonder Woman since Linda Carter. Yeah, that's true. She did it. She did a good job. She kept the femininity of the character, but the badassness of the character. Yes, yes, absolutely. And so I give her good props on on being like both a woman and yeah, a strong superhero. And, and, and going back to what you said too about her. She was very good, you know, backstory-wise and, and filling in the timeline. She was really good about giving us the story of the first battle between Darkseid and humanity. Yeah. Because um, she is... she, she Her people were there. Right? Yeah. And so it's really interesting to hear her talk about, you know, the whole battle sequence and what happened. And then it's really interesting to see a little bit tying to the comic book lore that Atlantis and Themyscira were at war at one point. And mm-hmm. so when, when Aquaman shows up, she's like, oh, we don't like Atlanteans. We don't, I don't trust them. Yeah. You get a lot of that, although like Aquaman really was raised on on land, so I don't know. I don't know why he he was raised with Boba Fett. Yeah, (laughs) it's like I don't know why he would know about the ancient conflict between the Amazons and the Atlanteans, but um, yeah, and then like the flirting with Batman stuff in. I think I'm glad they toned it down a little bit in this film. Yeah, Um, it was still. I still think it was a good choice in both movies because. 
in the comics, they've always kind of been a little flirty with each other because Superman's always had Lois Lane. Batman kind of sometimes has Catwoman as a booty call. And Chris Pine's dead. So she needs she needs a little romance and you know, Batman I can't I can't complain about that one. Yeah, yeah. I mean it, it was fine. Although I do wanna say in that second movie, The Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four, so Chris Pine is technically inside the body of someone else. Yeah. And they had sex. That is a little rapey. Rapey, yes. And he's like taking this body around and getting in front of gunfire. And it's like, there's a poor guy in there trapped. Wasn't, and, and I've only seen 1984 once because I don't think I need to watch it twice. Wasn't um, the guy he took over gay? I don't, I can't recall. I know he was a sharp dresser because he had like yeah. a bunch of 80s. 80s, 80s windbreakers. Yeah, and so, but I just was like, yeah, this, that's just, that's not consensual to be doing all that to no. this poor guy. And, I mean, maybe he was in there and was like, ooh, I had sex with Wonder Woman or whatever, but I still would be like, that's, that's right. Yeah. That's not right. And then also, 1984, they stole... One of uh, my favorite composers, John Murphy's Adagio in D, which they use for the um, movie Sunshine, when she's learning how to fly. And I immediately recognized it. And I'm like, oh, come on, you're stealing that. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure he got paid, but still, I was like, this does not fit. <laughs> but, eh, I mean, I guess uh, there's more Wonder Woman movies coming out. One more so far in the pipeline they're working on. Yeah. And we'll see. I, I mean, it, it can only go uphill. That's true. That's true. But I think also it's with how DC was really pushing to have, like, brighter movies, more lighthearted stuff. I'm like, that that was not what You know, needed. you could have brighter without having uh, physically brighter of a movie. Yeah. Um, I, I, and that's... Something I'll bring up my hot takes. I think they kind of did a disservice to brighten the film mm-hmm. aspect of it in terms of colorfulness. Yeah, um, we'll talk about that later. Um, let's let's finish off our last two characters, Adam. I think Great. let's bring up um, Dark Side. All right, you're gonna. I'm I'm gonna let you kind of take All over right. for these because you know them better than I. Do. I know Dark Side very well. Seven Wolf's not as familiar with me, but mm-hmm. let's let's be honest. Dark Side. I'm glad they included him in in the Justice League. Because Darkseid is DC's Thanos. Yeah, the big bad. He is the big bad of the universe. There's a couple big bads. Um, they could have gone different ways to form the Justice League. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they could have they could have formed him fighting Doomsday in the last movie because that's kind of how they got started in some iterations. Yeah. But I'm really glad they included him in, in the Snyder Cut. I, I don't know why Joss Whedon cut him out. Besides, like a face shot, um, you know they they went so far in the in the Whedon cut that Darkseid had the big battle at the beginning of the movie against ancient humans and, and the Amazonians and the and the Atlanteans, and they just were like, nah, we're gonna make it Steppenwolf now, yeah. and you know it's. I think they did a great job with casting. For Darkseid. I think that his characterization was great because he didn't step into the battle and, and start the fight. He was kind of the, the big boss behind the scenes and, yeah. and using 
the mother box of what they are and creating boom tubes of what those things are called, those, those wormholes. Mm-hmm. One of the things mother boxes do is they create boom tubes between planets and universes. Mm-hmm. And so having them just standing on the other side watching. Yeah. And that was, I mean, that was great because it's like, the big boss is right there. Yeah. Um, so I think the characterization they did for him was pretty good. Um, I liked during the flashback scene, or the, the I guess they're flash forward scenes for the future, mm-hmm. um, him using his, uh, I think they're called, Oh, I think I don't forget his Omega beams, his eye, his eye beams, his, mm-hmm. his weapon, because in the comics and in, in in the animated universe, they do what they find in this. They're not straight shots. They, they oh yeah, they, they zigzag all over. Yeah. yeah, and they follow too. Mm-hmm. So that was really cool to see. Um, so I was really I was really excited when Snyder said we are keeping Dark Side in the movie. Yes, I I think it worked. Uh, kind of getting to see the the major domo of of the DC. Um, universe um, was kind of very awesome and um, also kind of gave you like the idea that there's a bigger threat and that uh, the Justice League is going to have to come back together and take on this bigger fight. Oh yeah, um, the fight that will will kill people. Yeah. Um, and then I guess the last character we'll talk about is Steppenwolf. Okay, so... He looked very different from the from the Weenie cut. He sounded different. Yeah, he looked. I liked his armor in the Snyder cut, like how it kind of. Well, it reacted to him. Yeah, it, it, it worked with his emotions. As he was getting mad, you could see it kind of flare up on his shoulders. Yeah. And when when he's talking to Darkseid, he like exposes his like head and neck to like be like, oh yeah, my God, I'm I'm in presence of my my god or whatever yeah and um do with me what you will um because i guess he he failed at a task and oh then fifty thousand worlds yeah and so he he's kind of trying to earn favor again it is and it was nice because you know in the in the comics in in dc in general with with steppenwolf steppenwolf is one of three of apocalypse's disciples Mm -hmm. what he calls them so you've got Steppenwolf, you've got Desaad, who you saw was a hooded guy who mm-hmm. he talked to. And in the distance, he never talked, he never, she never talked, but Granny Goodness, the, the female character next to Darkseid. She mm-hmm. is a little lady who will beat you up. Oh, lovely. Um, and she runs um, Darkseid's femme, um, femme fatales, I guess is the best way. Mm-hmm. Bunch of girls who are like Wonder Woman size strength. Okay. Um, that's that's her job. She trains them, and she at some point in the comics gets Supergirl on her team. And uh-huh. So you know it was cool to see her in the background. I wish she had a couple of lines, something to kind of, hey, this is another one of the, the dark trio for Dark Side. Um, I think they did a good job of making him more imposing, more more menacing by not saying as much. Yes, he wasn't at you know I think in the Whedon cut he was a little more poetic, like yeah. And and his voice wasn't as scary. Yeah. I guess the best way to put it. That's true. And so, um, yeah, that's. I mean, I don't like. Bro loses his head, <laughs> and that was kind of a cool shot where the head just oh goes Wonder Woman cuts it the little portal yeah. and then Dark Side just steps on it and crushes it. <laughs> yes. Um. You know. I think I'm. I'm glad that they went back to what Snyder wanted with the Snyder cut. For Steppenwolf, because it, it was tangibly a bad guy. And like you said, it wasn't a cheap death. It wasn't a, I am scared, my parademons sense my fear, and they killed me, and this is 
I fought hard, and it took the Flash to go back in time to fit to fight to yes, beat me. Yes. Um, so yeah, I I enjoyed that um, the portrayal in the Snyder cut a lot more, um, making him feel flawed and um, yeah, very menacing, very imposing. Yeah. Um, so, you know, with that being said, I think we've covered all the major characters and players of this movie, Adam. Yes. Uh, so let's wrap that up and we'll move on to, um, our hot takes of this episode. Yeah. Hot takes. What are they going to say this week? So, like, one of the things I, I I really think there's a place for rated R superhero movies. It doesn't just have to be Deadpool or Wolverine. Um, but I think, yeah, DC could have done something where they created a the darker comic book universe and like more adult yeah i think content. and you could have had a good mix of rated r and pg-13 because superman's always gonna be that pg-13 character because he yeah. doesn't kill he you know he was he and they don't he can't really read someone's thought process in in a movie versus a comic book but superman always is consciously holding himself back so he doesn't kill everyone and everything as he punches yeah. them yeah and- um it's very much like, a, I'm going to punch this guy with 10%, because any harder, I'm, I'm going to hurt. Yeah, and so I I think that you could do a good balance of that. Um, but I definitely think, yeah, the Ben Affleck Batmans could have been... Oh, easily rated ours. Um, I mean, the Suicide Squad movies, um, the first one was PG-13. Yeah. The second one, which is the much better version... Was a hard R, but it's a James Gunn film, so what do you expect? Yes, <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. That we'll talk about that movie that movie soon, but it was definitely a much needed R in this universe. Yes, and even the Peacemaker show um, was also hard R. <laughs> um, I think it was M A. Uh, yeah, but but it's like M A on a streaming network. Yeah, you can. Tell Aquaman to go fuck a fish. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, but yeah, no, I uh, I think there's a place for um, this rated R stuff in this universe, but I just don't know. Again, like I'm so confused as to movies and timelines and stuff like that. I'm like, I don't know what's going on. But um, I don't think DC knows what's going on. Yeah, but um, I did think, uh, you know, I will say Ben Affleck and Henry Cavill, I think, are Probably my two favorite portrayals of those characters. I agree. I think, you know, and nothing saying against Christian Bale's portrayal of Batman. No, no. That I was a different that, Batman. Yeah. That was, was a... I, I will say this for, for Christian Bale's portrayal of Batman. His Batman was a first movie, I'm learning to be Batman. Second and third movie, I am... It's the physical toll being Batman is taking on me. And you yeah. see that a lot in the third of the trilogy where it's like, ah, my knees are shot, my... I can barely walk kind of thing. But I think this version of Batman and the way Ben Affleck portrayed him as a jaded older man who has seen the worst of this world. Yeah. And and finally, at this point in this, in this movie, he's kind of turned that corner going, I need to help redeem humanity. Yeah. 
and uh, yeah, so I I, I think uh, I really enjoyed that, and I, I always thought the Christian Bale Batman was more a Batman in the real world. Yes. Um, oh God, yeah. And because he definitely had more real life gadgets versus Ben Affleck's, like I have a suit of armor. Yeah, and I'm that Superman can punch, and yeah. it won't take as much damage. Yeah, or I shoot a harpoon into a car and drag it behind me and that was awesome it was but it's like yeah i really enjoyed their both their portrayals and yeah i mean we kind of went over everything for henry cavill like i just felt like he brought a lot of humanity to a character who traditionally i've i never really got into just because he was this like pious like i am pretty much it's like that jesus imagery yeah smacks you in the face but um, I, I felt like Cavill definitely felt more, more human, more relatable. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think Cavill's portrayal, apart from, um, Tom Welling when he did Smallville, because that was definitely a different, also a different version of Superman that's teenage learning to be a superhuman person. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he definitely brought that, that emotional range you didn't get from Christopher Reeve or Bandit Ralph. Mm-hmm. In those Superman movies, and I think he brought that. I am a human, and now I have these powers, and I'm going to do right by the world with these powers. Yeah, but it's hard because the world's a difficult place, and yeah, and I will say, and this isn't he wasn't really in this movie besides a few voiceover, flashback kind of references was, um, Mister Kent. Um, I can't think of his name right Kevin now. Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner. There we go. Why oh, I can't think of that. <laughs> Kevin Costner was, I think, a great choice for Mr. Kent. Oh yeah, he. I think uh, just as an actor, he's uh, he's always been a very like good everyday like oh, everyman, yeah. and especially like I think Jonathan Kent needed to be that everyman. Yes. Um, just kind of the normal simple farmer from Kansas. Yeah, I will say, and this is a hot take for me. One thing I wasn't a big fan of in this movie, and I I didn't write it down, I just kind of thought of it recently when we were talking about casting, I'm not a big fan of Amy Adams as Lois Lane in this one. Yeah. I liked her in the previous two movies, but this one, in the comics, Lois Lane was, yeah, she mourned for Superman, but she didn't lay down and weep. She didn't not do her job. Yeah. And so in this one, for her, I get it, she's mourning, and I sympathize with that part of it. I really wish she would have taken her morning and done her reporting and being creative with it. Yeah. I, I mean, it's... Lois Lane's such a driven character. I could have seen her being, not so much helping Batman, but being the the reporter side of it, investigating all these people disappearing by being abducted by parademons. Yes. And so that could have been... That could have been a good choice, but yeah. also they just... Yeah, she's pregnant in it and is... Uh, that's kind of her thing. I mean, I guess yeah. uh, kind of what's going to kick off like this end of the world thing is her. Yeah. Um, and one thing I I will say, and some people who are purists may disagree with me, and some may agree with me, I really like the choice they made in Snyder Cut to go black and silver with Superman's suit when he comes back. Yeah, I thought that was kind of cool. Because um, I guess like you could almost think like, yeah, he gets his energy from the sun and it's like... Oh, the black suit would absorb And it's more. what it is. It's a solar suit. Yeah. Um, and and later on in the comics, he wears it a little while longer after he comes back because not only is he re- using it to help recharge, but 
some people call it his mourning suit. So he's mourning for those he's lost and for his past life too. Yeah. Um, and so fun piece of trivia for this guys is it's actually what he's wearing in the film is the traditional blue and red suit. They actually, when they remade the suit for him for this movie, they keyed it differently in color hues. That way they could make it black and silver mm. in post-production because Warner Brothers said, no, you can't make it black and silver. Yeah. And when Snyder got his $70 million to finish it, he went, I'm making it black and silver. Yeah. And so I, I, I appreciated it, and it kind of lends to the darker tone of the movie. Yes. I mean, compared to the Snyder cut, which was very bright and goofy. and Other way around. Oh, I'm sorry. The Whedon cut, where all the colors were, like, keyed up. Oh, they were keyed up, and the fight scene had red background. and Yeah, yeah. And the weird vine things. and Yeah, and then... It just was, like, I, I definitely preferred this. Um, I think the only thing that he could have done, and this is just personal preference, is kept the darkness of the film, but maybe keyed up the suit color a little bit because it was still a little dull. Yeah. But that's just personal preference. Yeah. Um, and, you know, my last hot take I'll bring up on this one is when they bring Superman back to life and he's fighting the Justice League minus Batman... And then Batman shows up, and he's like, I'm going to kick his ass. I'm glad, A, that they didn't use the line from the Whedon cut of, do you bleed? Yeah. But why is Batman calling him Clark in front of people? Well, Lois is doing that, too. She's like, I know. Up. She's like, Clark, Clark, come back down here. I mean, there's probably a lot of Clarks in the world, so they could be like, oh, maybe he, his name is Clark Thompson. <laughs> yeah, but then you then you go like, oh man, that Clark Kent reporter that came back from life too looks a lot like Superman Clark. <laughs> I I just they're always so good about in the comics and the in the in the animated series and the animated movies that whenever Lois is in public and he's in the Superman suit, he is Superman unless she's whispering to him mm. privately. And 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 all the superheroes do the same thing. They yeah. don't call anyone by their real names. Yeah. Heck, even in the DC animated universe. No one knows Bruce Wayne is Batman. Yeah, now everyone does. Apparently, towards the end yeah. of the series, and they all in their in their un, in their normal clothes, and and Flash is like, "Oh my God, you're Bruce Wayne." He's like, "Yeah," and you're Wally West. This is this this this. Yeah. And everyone's like, "Oh, you had it figured out." So yeah, I just I'm gonna call him Clark. Oh, Clark, Clark. I'm like, oh my God, you're. Yeah. There's a whole reason for secret identities, and you blew everyone's cover. Unless the cop was eating donuts and not paying attention. Yeah, and then uh, Lex Luthor telling Deathstroke that it's Bruce Wayne, and I'm like, oh, now now everyone knows. Who. I mean, I mean, Jared Leto's <laughs> Joker calls him Bruce. Yeah. Granted, at yeah, that, that point, point, it's the end of the world. Okay, I kind of get yeah. it. But at the same time, it's like Bruce. I'm like, Joker should never know a secret identity. Yeah, it kind of. I would think Joker as a character would. I think they they've had it where. They were trying, like in one of the things, someone was trying to expose uh, Batman's identity. Yeah. And Joker killed him because he's like, where's the fun? In the yeah, where's the fun in knowing this? Yeah. And so, and no one really knows who the Joker is. And no, it's never been revealed. Yeah. There's even, like despite a... even um, the Joker movie yeah. um, with, with Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. Technically, Joker doesn't have a name and his backstory is changed all the time because his he no one knows I even back, even the greatest detective world doesn't know who Joker is. I heard a theory that uh, it's not just one Joker. I there, there are many. I've heard that, but I also the the truth not the truth, but 
the way the comic books portray Joker is that he's not this insane guy. He is superpower is super sanity. Yeah. He is so sane it makes him insane. Yeah. So I yeah, I it's kinda like I just found it funny how everyone now knows everyone's name and all that. So I'm like, okay, secret identities aren't a thing. Who cares? <laughs> cares? Um well, you know, let's uh I think that wraps up our hot takes and our episode this week, Adam. Yeah. Um, you know, folks, it's it's unfortunately time for me to give you guys some bad news. Um, our 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 third host of this podcast, Chad, uh, he can't make it this week. Um, it turns out, you know, he he began his migration last week north uh, south yes. Canada. The Mounties let him go. Yep, they let him go. Um, we raised the thirty bucks to get him out, and the Mounties said, "Be free, be free, Chad." And so as he wandered his way south through out of the Canadian wilderness. He made a pit stop in some podunk town called Boise. Boise? Boise. 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 It's a town in this fictional state called Idaho. Idaho. I've never heard of it. I've never heard of it either. People, if you've heard this fictional state, Idaho, apparently it's somewhere between Montana and Oregon. So I've always kind of skipped over that part of the map in geography class because it was like... (laughs) <laughs> Who cares about potatoes? Oh God! Um, you know, if we actually have any subscribers in Idaho, they're gonna turn this off immediately. I'm okay with that. I mean, it's like but with, with Chad being in Idaho now, it would make six people there in the, te- in the in the entire state. I guess so. All right. Well, you know, Chad, when you decide to leave um, Boise, Boise, when you decide to leave Boise and heads further Boise. south, um, come home. Yeah. Let us know your sponsors that you've you've drum up for us. Yeah. We're now on episode six and we um we haven't heard word of who you've wrangled up for us. Yes. I mean we'll take we'll take, you know, Pornhub at this point. Oh yeah. And then take uh maxi pads or whatever. We'll we'll plug whatever you yeah. need. <laughs> oh and well, you know, before we uh before we end this episode, Adam, you know, we did we did kind of mess up our recording a little bit. We didn't talk about our drink of the week this week. hear about their drink of the week. Take it away, Keeks. Yeah, so, um, it's actually the same drink. Same drink, folks. Yeah. It was so good, we had her make it twice. Yes, it's a apple cider margarita. Um, and it's... It tastes, of, it tastes like fall. Yes. It the is... are changing. It is, being, being Hispanic, it is a Mexican basic bitch drink, and I agree with it. There we go. I like it. All right, folks. Well, thank you again for joining us on uh, episode six of the Have a Drink with Some Geeks podcast. Yes. Uh, please follow us on all of our social media channels at Geek Drink Pod. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. Um, leave a comment. Let us know what you thought of today's episode. Give us some more ideas for future episodes. Um, and we, we hope to hear from you guys soon. Yeah. And we'll join you guys next week. On another fun episode of our podcast. You guys... Oh, Adam, we well, can't wrap up yet. Why is that? We didn't tell me we geeked this week. What are the geeking on this week? Let's listen in for the geek wreck of the week. Oh, I've been uh, 
playing uh, replaying Fallout 4. Um, but then I found out that they are actually going to be doing a TV series based on the Fallout. I did not hear about this. Yeah, and so uh, they released some pictures of some sets that look really, really cool and really detailed and kind of have you be like, kind of like you're in the vault. <laughs> and All right. So I'm curious to see what that is. Hopefully it's not another failed uh, video game live action adaptation. You know, the past few have been pretty decent. Um, I would say that the Uncharted movie was decent. Yes. Um, I'm hoping The Last of Us is going to be good. That, I just saw the trailer for it. That looked really cool. Yeah. Um, I was actually, that was going to be my geek right of the week, is the trailer and, and playing The Last of Us Part 1 and 2. I haven't played Part 2 yet. I'm, I'm trying to get to it, but I've it's, it's in the back part of my catalog at the moment. Um but, uh, you know, The Last of Us, it was a great first game. Um, it was a fun universe they set up. Um, I think Pedro Pascal is going to play really well into that role. Um, and I can't think of the actress's name playing his companion, but she was in Game of Thrones, and she played Lady Mormont. She was the leader of Bear Island, and she was a sassy, kind of Princess Leia-esque character from, okay. from Kunobi kind of character. Okay. So, um, folks, if you haven't played Last of Us, uh, or if you want to watch Last of Us, I highly recommend it. It's going to be, I think it's going to be good. Yep. I'll have to check it out. All right. Well, folks, thanks again, um, and we will catch all of you geeks next week. Thanks right, for listening to another episode of the Have a Drink with Some Geeks podcast. Tune in next week to see what our geeky host will discuss next week. Goodbye.